This is A. Lewis 12, and you're listening to the Shattered Order Podcast, a podcast that is in dire need of new intros. So, get to submitting. What a piece of junk! This is the Shattered Order Podcast. Go switch off! If you're looking for Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes news, information, and theory crafting, you've found the podcast you're looking for. With your hosts, Goodnight Punk. Welcome to the 75th episode 75. of the Shattered, 75 flippin' episodes yeah. of the Shattered Order Podcast. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Goodnight Punk, and with me, as always, is the giant mess in my office and my good friend, Wink. What's up, Wink? That is a giant mess, there's no doubt about it. Uh, <laughs> dude, it's been an exciting week. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, just a little, maybe a small teensy eensy bout. Yeah. At least we didn't have to make stuff up this week. Man, I set Although up, I'm see, I set up my glowing working lightsaber right behind me in honor of the events that happened this week. Doesn't it look awesome? It looks great. It looked yeah. great on the pre-show when it was lit up and all like yes. shit. So, if that falls, it's gonna cut off Wink's head. Yeah. But instead it died right before the podcast started. Yeah, it's very sad and frustrating. <laughs> yeah. But we'll survive. Pretty awesome. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll it'll uh, you'll be able, hopefully you can fire it back up next week when you and uh you and Ray are getting your Jedi training. Oh hell yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll get to talking about that Jedi training later. Um there is I, I want to dig into a little bit of nonsense real quick. It won't be very long, but I just I would just like to brag a little bit, you know, not not too much. Not of, of course. Being as humble as you are. Do you know what that is? I can venture a guess that it is the Oklahoma fight song. It is the Oklahoma fight song. Boomer Sooner. Uh, Boomer Sooner. Next to quarterback of the Cardinals. (laughs) Maybe. If you don't know why I'm so excited, made it to the college football playoffs. We are very pumped here in Oklahoma City. And Norman. So you got Oklahoma... Alabama, who are the other two? Clemson and Georgia. We will be playing That's Georgia right. and Clemson will be playing Alabama. And then Why why did it have to be that way? Because if I had to pick two people that I would root for, it would be Georgia because Matthew Stafford went to Georgia and Oklahoma simply because A I like Baker Mayfield and you're from there, so I root for my friends teams. Besides if they're not the well, Packers. <laughs> understand understandable. At least you root for one of my teams, but yeah, yeah, see, there you go. Hey, I can root for the Thunder, too. That's true. Thunder! Feel the thunder! Kind of hoping that... Lightning uh, and the thunder! <laughs> I'm hoping we All get right, to watch uh, Baker Mayfield lock up that Heisman this weekend, too. 
Oh, that'll look so good in uh, in the uh, University of Phoenix Stadium here in Arizona. <laughs> uh, you never know. You never know. Yeah, for sure. Well, well, it's been an eventful week, hasn't it? Yeah. This is all. This that... is what. This is how things go on the Shatterer podcast. Okay, we push things to the next episode, thinking, "All right, well, it, there was a pretty eventful week this week, so maybe next mm-hmm. week we'll cover this because there probably won't be anything really." to talk about and then we'll have we'll be fine with it but uh turns out that uh a bunch of crap went on this week so adding territory yeah. wars talk on top of the update and the information we got it's gonna be a you're in for the long haul here people so uh, if you're in the chat please try to keep us awake because uh we're gonna be working to keep you awake yeah uh, I keep trying to figure out how to get in the chat, so if you don't see me in the chat, that that is why. I have no idea how to do this chat thing. However, <laughs> Twitch is pretty great. I mean, I, I've really been digging the Twitch app on my phone. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been getting some more followers, so that's pretty exciting. If you're not already following us, you definitely should be following us on Twitch, because that's where you can find all of our videos and stuff now and watch us. Here's the the demoralizing part of YouTube banning us and us moving to Twitch. So, YouTube, we had just hit 550 follows. Yeah. Sweet. Pretty decent number, I'd say. I mean, 500 itself was was a nice milestone to hit. But uh, then you move to Twitch and you have zero. So, if you're watching this and you got a Twitch account, hit that follow button. Help us keep building that uh, back up. That would be appreciated. Yes, it most certainly would. And hopefully soon we will get to the... Uh, well, they have like an affiliate program that we are hoping to be able to get in at some point. People watch, we stream, we become affiliates, and we're working on it, and we're pretty close, so that'll be nice. Cool. Very nice. And uh, I have a feeling that Twitch will treat us a little bit better than our former employer host did. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. So uh, let's let's dig into this game update. Why don't we do that? So I got it. I have now figured out how to get it onto the stream here on nice. Twitch. So let me bring that up. Content update. 12.6, there it is. So, first things first, right there at the top of the update, also in another post. Let me bring that other post up. Look at that picture. Look at that. Look at that. It's beautiful. Ray just looks menacing. She's got a giant forehead. I mean, she's ready to headbutt somebody. Nothing like um, girl with a giant forehead. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, giant it's not it's ray scavenger and then you got ray giant forehead so nice we're about to get ray giant forehead here but uh let's talk briefly about uh requirements because obviously it appears that we were all proven correct on what we were guessing was going to be needed so what do we need there wink well um I am playing you in the background. Wow, that's not good. That is really annoying. Um, <laughs> sorry if you're hearing yourself trying to figure out how to get to the chat. 
So, uh, <laughs> yeah, everybody was right, um, except for Eric. Uh, sorry, buddy. But what we ended up needing was our good old buddy Finn, Scavenger Ray, which we knew she was essential, BB-8, and the veterans, Han and Chewbacca. <laughs> Chewbacca, as he says, his friends call him. As good old friends call him, the walking carpet. Uh, yeah, so that <laughs> is the requirements. All of them at seven star. There is no six star or any of that nonsense for Ray. She is. Uh, you're either getting her, getting her all the way there, or you're not. So. Yep. Uh, I'm happy about the Millennium Falcon thing. I thought it, that was a yes. long shot to begin with. Um, I did too. But there it is. Because honestly, one ship in a ship battle would just be really hard to do, I think. It would be. I don't think that the. They would have had to hard code in for those other ships to. Uh, they would have had to hard code in for those other ships to have slower speed so that they just didn't constantly beat down the Millennium Falcon until you were dead. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad that's not on there. It is what we thought it was. Um, they are who we thought they were. <laughs> I was about to do it, but thank you. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I... I have Ray, I have Finn, I will soon have BB-8, and uh, the it, what it boils down to is, can I get the smugglers in time? Interesting. But I'm gonna try. I have devoted myself to this, so, and I've already spent money, so it's, it's, I'm seeing it out to the end, and if I don't get it, I will just feel regret, and if I get it, I will be happy. Yep. Well, we'll get back down to the packs here in a second. So, uh, mm -hmm. in this game update, the first thing was the requirements for Ray because everybody was dying to know that. And then we get to something that is really awesome, something that the community has been clamoring for for a really long time, and I know I'm excited about it. But I'm gonna call it the mic drop. It that is a good <laughs> description uh, because it's like, oh, and uh, here's mythic events. <laughs> exactly. Like, we were happy about Ray. Like, we, we didn't need the mythic events, but we get them. Um, yeah. We're finally Bonus. able to replay these awesome legendary events, uh, specifically BB 8, the one coming up. So, if you've already beat the BB 8 event, you get to do it again. You can redo it, and it's the exact same as the original event, kind of. There are actually three tiers with the new events. The mythic event basically shows up once you beat the original legendary event. So, tier one is the exact same as the original event. Uh, has all the cutscenes, the dialogue, all that good stuff that you can go back, watch if you want to. If you three-start it, you can sim it, which is very exciting. Tier two. Yes. Um, all the scenes and dialogue, that's all gone. But there's something else that's gone. The squad requirements. So you can basically yes. use whoever the hell it's you want. pretty interesting here. For the third tier, right? No, second tier. That's second tier. Third tier gets a little bit more interesting. 
The third tier flips the script, as they called it. And that is the one, so, for example, in this BB-8 event where you had to use your first order team and take down the resistance team, it flips script. You will be using your newly acquired BB-8 and your resistance to destroy the first order. I'm kind of excited. True, true. This looks like a lot of fun. It kind of makes me start thinking about the other events, right? Like, uh, who is... uh, what are the other flipped scripts going to be? You know? Yeah. Um, well, this was something. This actually came from Reddit. Since we, we don't have the official segment oh. this week. <laughs> but, you Since know. we don't have a section for that this week, yeah. why don't you uh, enlighten me? Because I obviously have not seen this. Ooh. Well, uh, I believe it was Capgast. He was kind of talking about these events and the flip the script thing and about how they're working on doing this for all the other legendary events. It's something that's going to get done in time. However, there's one issue. If you remember the Yoda event, it's kind of odd. They said they're going to have to try to figure out something to do with that because, you know, you use Jedi to get Yoda. But the idea with the flip the script thing would then be that you would be using Jedi with Yoda to battle Jedi with Yoda. So they're going to do something different <laughs> there, but... That's the general idea with all these events. So like the Palpatine event, whenever it flips the script, you'll be using Palpatine with the Empire and battling Rebels. So that's kind of going to be the So what is Thrawn going to be? Just Empire again? Uh, Probably. Thrawn required Empire against Phoenix. We all know how frustrating those Phoenix teams can be, so that'll be interesting. Someone brought up a pretty good idea for the uh, Jedi one, though, that I thought was would be pretty awesome, is... Uh, if you had to use clones on the third tier, executing order six, six. Ooh, that's pretty <laughs> good. That's pretty good. I hadn't thought about that. One that would be fun. I don't know if they do it just because it kind of requires a faction that's kind of completely unrelated to the event. However, that would be pretty cool. I do like that a lot. That's a great idea. I hope we get an event like that eventually. Um, all right, so what's the benefit of doing these mythic events? Like, there's gotta be something special, right? There is, and they look pretty nice. Oh, hell yeah, they do. Shiny purple and gold. Um, yes, so each tier of these mythic events they provide five star purple and gold mods. And the set bonuses are essentially going to correlate to the characters required in the event. So this one's resistance and first order. Use resistance to beat the speed challenge to get speed bonus mods and first order to get the offense bonus set. And that's what you're going to be getting from these. And then the tier three, you'll get some gear 12 salvage also, which is pretty awesome. Gear 12 salvage. So um, depending on how many you get, it might be as lucrative as running a single territory war <laughs> yeah it could be it could be we'll, we'll get to territory wars in a second because there's a lot to say about those but uh yeah that's yeah and and you're not waiting on other people to take care of crap <laughs> yes exactly um but i'm just saying i i, I will just say this it, it People wanted this, they asked for it, but there was no idea when or if this would ever come. And suddenly, 
the update drops and bam, here it is. Hey, uh, anytime there's a legendary event, uh, you're going to get to play it again. Yeah. So that was an awesome surprise. Well, I remember back in May, I think there was something that, uh, had come up. Somebody was asking if they were ever going to make these legendary events replayable. And, you know, at the time it was like, no, you know, it's something that, you know, we'd eventually like to do, but no, but it's, I'm so glad they figured out something that is like, it's something that's super creative. It's different. It's something we haven't seen in the game. It gives us more events to do because these legendary events pop up all the time. So I was just about to say, think of how many Yoda legendary events have happened that we were completely even unaware were happening. Yeah. It's crazy. Because there's just nothing in game. You don't know it's happening. Like nothing shows up in game. Yep. So, so that's great. I am pretty stoked for this, to be honest. Me too. <laughs> um, so there was a bit of a shard shop shuffle. Uh, they moved the Night Sisters, Spirit, and Zombie into Chromiums. That's real exciting. I won't be participating. I am so confused by this. Like, hmm. it happened a few weeks ago. I was confused by it, and now I'm confused by this because when these events came out for the Night Sisters, said, "Don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining because I'll get to the why in a second. But I'm so confused because I thought these events were going to be the only way that you could get these characters, and now they're in Chromiums. Yeah. So my question is: Does that mean they are following the, you know, uh? cadence uh that they talked about for characters now are we going to be able to farm talzin spirit and zombie in a couple months and the weird part to all that is if that is the case is that going to change wicket because wicket is much older than them and we haven't nothing's changed for him so and if i'm being honest i really want wicket more than those three (laughs) yeah I love that little furball. Yeah. He's fun. Um, there was a territory war where I actually got to use my Ewoks. And I was like, oh, they, these little bears are going to get massacred. And nope, nope. They went full murder bear mode. They're, they're pretty awesome. They're fun for, yeah, territory wars. Go fight one. And if they have Zetas on them, see how long you last. Yeah. If you mis, uh, mis, misjudge them. Yep. So, there, you said you spent some money. Um, oh, wait. No, no, no. I'm jumping ahead. Uh, they, they now have set platoons on phases one, two, and three of the light side territory battles. So, you won't be getting any more of that complete nonsense. Like, the first half will be easy, and then the second half will be the ones where you get a little bit more of the difficult, frustrating characters. Uh, what's your thoughts Thankfully, on Thankfully, for the territory war that started today... There haven't been any new light side introduced for a while, so we won't get <laughs> screwed like dark side terror battles yeah. three f- or four, five, and six like last time. Yeah, those so it should be fine. Right. But uh, yeah, they got these vertical slices listed out. I got them on the screen. You can slide through and see what they are. Nice. Uh, the thing about the first uh, three phases is the battles aren't. Depending on, you know, your gear level and how far you are into this game and how long you've played. But for people like us that have played since the beginning, those first three really aren't a problem. It's when you get into the ones that aren't set like this 
that it really does become the problem because the battles just get that much harder. Yep. But uh, it's nice if people want to dive that deep into it to say every bat territory battle, you're putting this here, you're putting this here, you're putting this here yep. because those people are never going to use those characters. Yep. Then this works perfect for people that dive that deep. For us, I am... A father of four with no time on my hands, and yeah. uh, we are not we are not doing that. We'll just spit all over my yeah. microphone. Well, I mean, the great thing about this though is they're all pretty obtainable characters. It's there's nothing really that obscure or difficult to get. So there's not. I mean, most skills are not going to have an issue filling these out. So, uh, I mean, we'll we'll see what they do with the dark side territory battles because I expect them to do the same thing. And, uh, you know, hopefully that at least makes those a little bit more bearable. All right. Yep, for uh, sure. Packs and bundles, lots of those. Uh, Let's just cover the important ones, because seriously, yes, we could be here all day with these. Like, when I, this update came out and I was reading, I literally was like, got to this point, and I just kept scrolling and just kept seeing different packs popping up. I'm like, what is going on with this? Yeah. You know? Tons of, and some of them are just okay. They make sense for newer players. Here we go with that whole old player mindset. But like, yeah, I'm like Rancor pack, really? Yeah. It does it have CLS shards? Because that's all you need. <laughs> yeah, that that would be nice. But yeah. Oh well. <laughs> uh, so there there were a couple packs that kind of caught my eye. One was the five dollar pack, and. Which one it's was that? Not because there's really anything useful in it other than shards, but it's five bucks. And somebody else did the math, but you essentially end up getting uh, twenty one, twenty two hundred currency from for the shard shop, as well as two hundred crystals and two hundred thousand credits. Which I think. Which which it, pack was that? Well, I yeah, I'm trying to delay while I look it up. If you let me, just keep rambling. Um, oh, well, so, you could have kept rambling. I, <laughs> I'm opening the game as well. I, I think it's a pretty good idea, but that pack is the Dark Side Starter Bundle. It gives okay. you uh, 50 shards of Dooku, 20 of Royal Guard, 20 Snowtrooper, and 20 of Talia. All characters that you get in the beginning. Except for Dooku. You don't get him in the beginning, but uh, well, get, you, you get him this way. But here the the back in the back in my day, the five dollar starter pack was only Dooku. So <laughs> now you're getting Dooku along with a bunch of other stuff. Which when when you start the game, now there's a lot more options to go with when you start the game. But I can tell you this much: when I started my B account, even a year after the game came out, I went right after Royal Guard because it was right when he was in the meta, and. Uh, to be able to buy 20 Royal Guard shards right off the bat to use the Royal Guard in Arena until you can replace him is a really big boom for five bucks. And then on top of that, you get all the other shards. Yep. So it's a pretty good deal. This is a really good deal for five bucks for sure. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so you said that you spent a little bit of money on the veterans. Uh, what pack did you buy? So, um, the, it's up on the screen now, but, so the requirements came out, and it was, uh, exactly what we thought it was gonna be, which exactly 
made me believe that I wasn't going to get Ray because I was really hoping that somehow um, it was going to be different and I, we were all going to be wrong and they were going to just pull the rug out from us and I was going to be perfectly ready for um, Ray with whatever else they did. But it, it did end up being the veterans and it was... At that point, I conceded and said, okay, I'm not going to get Ray. I'm going to just take my seven-star BB-8 as my Christmas present because he's coming back and I have all my... I might have been a week late last time, but I am perfectly ready to go this time. So take my seven-star BB-8 and be happy. But then this pack showed up out of nowhere. 50 shards of each of them for uh, 29 bucks. Now... When I the, the the price of the packs is not in the update, so obviously with all the different uh, regions that this update covers, they didn't want to put set prices in there because you'll see it in game and it's different in other places. Yeah. But for us in the United States, it's a twenty nine ninety nine pack. When I saw it in the update before it went into the game, I thought this pack was going to cost like sixty five dollars. Yep, I was the same way. I was. It gave me slim hopes that a $29 pack for 50 shards of each of them could bring me back into the hunt for Ray. There's another thing we'll talk about later that made it even better, uh, uh, gave me an even sunnier disposition, but we'll get to that. But uh, these 50 shards of both of them pull me way closer to range of actually pulling this off. So, And for 30 bucks, I... Sure... It's Christmas. You got a lot of stuff to spend on. I, however, am getting bonuses for work, which means, hey, Christmas, Christmas presents for, for myself. Yep. There so you go. I got my I veterans, like my 50 shards of the veterans, and now I am just going to ball out until this event ends, doing my absolute best to get these guys a seven star. Whereas I had no hope before. Now I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't know for sure that I'll do it, but uh, I'm going to try my damnedest. All right, so uh, let's let's do an update real quick then. What are you at exactly on Han and Chewie? All right, well, Han is at 2 out of 100. Nice. You are one and, shard past me. And the Chewie is the one that's rough right now. He's at 54 out of 85. You're not so. that far behind me now. Um, I'm at one. I'm at one out of a hundred on Han and seventy three out of eighty five on Chewie. Um, I plan to make up some serious ground in the next couple days. But how are you on Chewie? You said uh, seventy three out of eighty five. So he's almost to gotcha. that six star. Not quite, but close. I'm sitting on 1,083 Cantina currency for after this podcast ends right now. You're sitting on, say it again. 1,083 Cantina currency. Not currency, Can- sorry, energy. Oh, nice. Yeah, so not too bad. I started yesterday with those resets, got the oh, 100s there. So jealous. Got the, yeah, I am ready to go for double drops tonight. So, uh, I did my refreshes like 30 minutes before they announced double drops yesterday. I was so mad, but I haven't done my (laughs) refreshes yet. I still got two hours, so I'll get those in and I'll be stocked up as well. 
Sounds good, man. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm a. I did all my maths. I did a lot of maths in the past few days. Oh just yeah, haven't we all? How many shards at a 33% drop rate I could expect from the currency I'm going to spend on? What's the next thing we have in this update? It's not even in here. Did we skip? All right, well, we'll jump back to... Uh, what are you talking about? The double drops. Oh, yeah, we'll get to those here in a second with the upcoming calendar events. Um, <laughs> real quick, I want to tell everyone about something kind of exciting that I found. Uh, I found a place on Amazon. If you buy $50 or more iTunes gift cards, they have a promo code that you can punch in. And you can get $7.50 off of the gift card. Um, the, uh, we have an affiliate link for that that we are going to post in the show notes. And it will be on our Discord. So if you would, use that to go track it down. And uh, that's a pretty good deal. So you can actually get a $50 iTunes gift card for $42.50. Uh, I think it's only you're only eligible to buy one, but that is a pretty good deal. Even on a one-time deal, that is a pretty good deal. Yep. And if you didn't catch what he just said, in addition to Audible now, we have a link through Amazon. So if you buy things on Amazon using our link, it will hook us up as well as you get whatever the hell you're buying and uh, support the podcast that way. So yes, pretty decent deal that way. Yep, go go use that link. We'll you'll you'll see it around in the show notes. Um, on to the calendar events. Alrighty, calendar events. So, um, Lightside Territory Battle started this morning. Yes, they did at uh, ten or eleven. I can't. I can't remember when things are starting now. So did you notice they um, have a new little picture for like the little event deal that shows up on the right side of the screen? I did see it because I was I've like, seen that what the I, hell is well, that? Yeah, I thought the same thing. It's pretty cool. Just a, just a Star it's Destroyer. Star Destroyer yeah. shooting the, the little... Pretty cool. Lightning. Not lightning. Lightning! Feel the thunder! <laughs> Sorry. Every time I hear lightning or thunder, I think of that damn song now. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Laser beams, whatever you want to call it, the Star Destroyer shooting. So light side territory is going now until December 12th. Um, my favorite thing, and before I thought I could get Jedi Ray, the my Christmas present to myself, uh eight eight star, eight star BB eight. No, seven star BB eight. I'm gonna be getting him, but that starts yeah. on December eighth, and it is also the beginning of the thing we just talked about, mythic events. So if you've beaten BB eight, you'll still have something to do when that event comes around, and uh, pretty sweet mods and uh, gear twelve salvage. So well, one thing I would like to point out about the event is usually these legendary events run for like a week. This one only runs for two days, I believe. It's that's kind of a little odd. It's only Saturday and Sunday, so. Really? Yeah, uh, I'm. Well, damn. I'm pretty. I sure. really hope that my uh, my Gear Eight Kylo doesn't screw me then, because yeah. he needs a stun gun and Carbontes to get to Gear Nine, and uh, I don't have those things right now. Uh oh. And I'm not spending the, on them. 
Oh, well, I mean, if I would have to, because if I don't get BB-8, I can't get Ray. Yeah, and you've That's already obnoxious. spent. You've already spent to get Ray, so you're all. This in is at this not point. a fun time for me. <laughs> I've lost all my hair. Yeah, we we've we've both changed up our hair a little bit since last time everyone <laughs> saw us. We both have less. You just have nothing. But it's beside the point. What, what people don't know is we pulled a rug out of them. I'm not Dan. My name's actually Don, and you're a wank. So this is the Scattered Order podcast. That's I, right. I just called you wank. wank. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, on to double drops. Uh, <laughs> de- December 8th and 9th, there's going to be double drops for uh, Scavenger Ray, Finn, and Veteran Chewie and Veteran Han. So I know you probably need those shards, so that's the time to go do it. Um, if you've been chatting with us, in Discord, you know, we've kind of been talking about it. Um, save your refreshes from today. If you're watching us on the live stream, you know, and you haven't done that shit, save it. I'm, I'm sure people know at this point. Like, I don't feel like I have to tell everyone, but sometimes people forget. It's disappointing. But And then you get to hear about it for a week on Reddit. Man, you know, these double drops, I was not expecting at all. I'm actually shocked. I'm extremely shocked. This Okay, so I keep smacking my mic stand. Sounds like First a part one of my hope rebuilding for Ray was that pack. 50 damn shards for each of them is a pretty, pretty good hefty chunk. And yeah. then on top of that, two days of double drops. So... I get those. I get the pack with the shards. I got the double drops now. If I if if I get a decent drop rate, which Deadshot, our trivia master from Shattered Order, has already done his double drops from his saved ex, uh, his saved energy, and he got uh, fifty five. I think he said from less energy than I have right now. Um, so I'm really I'm really hoping for a decent drop rate on those shards and if i can do that over the next two days um i'm in a real good position so i'm pretty pretty stoked for this pretty stoked for the double drops that was part two with that pack and i my hopes are renewed we'll see where i'm at in a week but uh right now feeling pretty good well that's good that's what we like to hear um and uh mubaka Mew. God, sorry, Meow. <laughs> uh, Meow Baka mentioned a good thing. Scavenger, if you're not even going for Ray, but if you are going for the Millennium Falcon, Hell yeah. the Ray hard node with the Millennium Falcon also means the Millennium Falcon is also double drops tomorrow. So Dude, if you're farming that Millennium Falcon, I'm five shards hit away. those double drops. Five shards away and I'll have every ship unlocked. I'm super excited. Did I tell you that I unlocked the Millennium Falcon on my B account? You did not. That's pretty exciting. About a week ago. Yeah. It is pretty fun. I like that ship. So. All right. Well, that's still a lot of crap going on this week uh, before we did the podcast again. December 9th and 10th, Assault Battles, Ground War. December 11th, The Ghosts of Dathmir. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. Uh, December 12th. Get more of those zombie shards. Yes, exactly. Fleet Mastery Home One, December twelfth. So, uh, if I wanted to spend the shards, I could get Home One to seven stars. Ooh! But I think I'm going to wait since this event happens 
twice this month, and I'm using all shards on Ray right now. Oh, it happens um, twice this month, really. I did not notice that. All of the uh, Fleet Master events, according to the calendar we talked about last week, happened twice this month. So nice. I need 30 shards. Uh, it happens twice this month. I should have home one at seven star by the end of the month. So I'm not going to worry about it there. But Fleet Mastery home one, December 12th. Indoor Escalation, Heroic Battles, December 13th. Um, Territory Wars, Jakku, December 13th through 16th. And uh, yeah, so that's what we got coming up. And if you're looking at the calendar, um, December 11th is the Ghosts of Dathmir. December 12th. I'm just trying to figure out here my live streams uh, that I do at the beginning Ooh, of the week. So it looks like yeah. uh, next Wednesday I will be redoing. We'll be going right back at it with Goodnight Punk versus the ATST. So nice. if you want to tune in on Wednesday, I'm going to try to beat that bastard again. I was thinking about doing a live stream this weekend on the Mythic event, but uh, I would like to do one on the Mythic event and the Jedi Ray. Not Jedi Ray, because she's not a Jedi! We'll get to that in a second. Spoiler, she's training. sorry, she's everyone. She's a Padawan, come on. Uh, yeah, Jedi training Ray, the new Ray. Um, <laughs> I may do her unlock on live stream and then kind of some gearing and stuff. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I got to figure out my internet, because my internet sucks! Ugh. Seems to be working pretty well through your phone, I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't know how well using my phone and streaming through my phone yeah, I don't well, know. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to True. I, I don't want to get us banned from twitch too <laughs> find us on mixer <laughs> we'll just be uploading our videos to i don't know google drive at some point um send us your address and we will send you vhs tapes over the podcast yeah that'd be really exciting uh <laughs> All right, so uh, real quick, we would like to cover our amazing and awesome Patreon subscribers for the month of November. See how fast I can go through these. Let's see if I screw any of them up. Let's see if you can finish them before I get back. All right, let's see. (laughs) Nikolao Nerio, Jitsu Jet, Boba Finn, Turner Viobi, Painted Land... Dr. She Sith, Elon Mustard, Ringer, Rock, Fugaz, Ron Paul Bunyan, Zizer, Tyric Thorn, Sleepy Bulldog, Optimus 11, Infidel, Han Pikey, J Pod, M4, our buddy McMull 2, Obsidian, Johto Cast, DJ, Hands of God, 007, Vistara Kai, Deadshot 07, the great question master, Darth Molly, Anthony H. and Waddles. We really, really appreciate the support from all you guys. Uh, It really helps us out a ton. We appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. And uh, if you would like to join them, you can go to patreon.com slash shattered order and jump in. We're going to have some changes coming up to our Patreon page here pretty soon. Uh... Got some, I came up with an idea. Not gonna spoil it just yet, but I am scheduled to 
do a mini podcast type thing Monday or Tuesday. Actually, I think it's Tuesday. And in that, I will announce the uh, the new thing that we're going to be doing. I think it's it's something that a lot of people have requested. So, um, you know, if you like want your roster looked at or anything, there might be something coming up that we can help you out with if you need it. All right. On to the next thing. Dan is just taking his sweet time going to do whatever it was he did. But it is now time to talk about Territory Wars strategy and ideas. Territory Wars. Yeah. Strategy. Yeah. Ideas. Ooh. Let's do it. All right. So, how did we do in Territory Wars? There have been two since we started talking about this. So, I, I, I give everyone at least one chance to guess what the first one was. You have five seconds. That's right. Five, four, three, two, one. All right. Tell them how they did. A tie. Big freaking surprise. We tied. And it was last podcast while we were doing the live stream where Elon came in and let us know. Yep, there it is. Most deaf. He got it. But uh, <laughs> it was a tie. And Elon came on and told us we had cleared the board well, hold, on the live stream last week, the entire board, and they still had about four or five territories to go on ours, and it was looking pretty good, but by the time that ended, we had tied. No, no, so. no, 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 no. I don't think that's correct. Is it? What a miss. What's wrong? Wait, no, you might be right. Okay, no, that I am did so happen. sure of myself. That first territory <laughs> war was on the live stream, wasn't it? Wow, okay. It was. Oh, okay. Because I remember on. we were stoked about it. Ignore my but, dumbass. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so the first one was a tie, but the second one, we learned from the first one, and we were we able did. to hold them off and win the second one. So we stood our ground. Crushed them. Stood it. We've put our flag in the sand. Oh, yeah. Drew a line in it. We and, went uh, dark we nihilus on them. We annihilated them. Who was it we battled? Oh, oh. So, uh, who's the Bosk was who we battled in Territory Battle 1 that tied us. And yeah, it was who's, who the, who's the Bosk was the first one. They have multiple guilds. I don't remember exactly which one it was. It was one of the ones that had one of the special O's and one of the other little things above one of the letters. You know, one of those type things. Um, Territory mm-hmm. War was... Or Territory War number two, I don't remember. Um, but yeah, we it was like actually, the Alpha Epsilon or something like that. Yeah, I something along those lines. Uh, we we tried to find them. So if you don't already know, we're gonna have to find a link and throw it in the show notes. But the Discord chat for Territory Wars, some people actually created an entire Discord channel that is for Territory Wars, and you go in there and you create. Did I? Oh, what? All right. Well, let's do a little plug here because. So on Tuesday, I recorded a out of order podcast, the second one, about community resources, and we're talking about that as oh. a community resource oh right now. Oh my god! You didn't even mention it. And I completely forgot to put the Territory War server in the show notes, and you don't want to know why that is. The server is really, really good. Yes, it's great for uh, talking about Territory Wars and everything else like that. But the reason that I forgot to put the, it on there is because 
they were one of the places I was looking for Discord resources because there is a channel in the Territory Wars Discord that has all of the other Discords in it. So I I was using the Territory Wars Discord to copy invites for the show notes, and wow. I totally forgot to put the Territory Wars server in there. That makes it worse. So I will update the notes for the Out of Order Episode 2 uh, podcast to have the Territory War server in there as well. But uh, if you haven't listened already, Out of Order Episode 2 is out, Community Resources, and ter- that Territory War server should definitely have been on that. Yes, because it is absolutely amazing. Uh, who's the boss? We chatted with quite a bit. Those were pretty cool guys. The second guys we battled, we did not end up chatting with. Uh, not sure what the deal was there, but... Uh, they got beat. They didn't want to show up. <laughs> they could see. They're like shattered That's, order. Yeah, they smelled the fear. If they listen to the podcast, I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to be funny. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not talking, talking that uh, smack. No, we're 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 friendly once we beat you. Yeah, yeah. Dur- before during then, I was like, oh yeah. Oh. Yes. Anyway, so what changed between Territory War One and Two? What like? What do you think changed in our strategy? Well, teams that we were using on offense, we moved to defense instead, thinking that a stronger defense. And we should say we won the second territory war, but in that win, we still cleared the other board, the whole board. So we cleared the board. Our board wasn't cleared. But what we changed was, and still cleared the board, was some of the stronger teams we saved for offense we uh put them on defense instead and then we what we another thing we did was take the general kenobi barris teams out that are supposed to be strong in defense and just use them on offense because most people are not going to leave resistance on defense and let the ai let them get shoot apart because they are much better offensive better offense team so sure. But the thing about them being an awesome offense team and people saving them is they also rip apart General Kenobi Zeta Barris teams. So we did not leave them on defense. Instead, we used them for offense and used the team and took a place that we moved to offense or that was on offense and put that on defense and used those kind of flipped the script. And uh, that way it would the those resistance teams would have a harder time. Um, we wouldn't get eaten apart by them on General Kenobi teams and just had a general better defense that way. Yeah. So that was one of the things for sure. Yeah. And that, I mean, I think that was the main difference. That's see, there was a lot of complaining about territory wars and the ties, but I kind of think that the whole defensive strategy is what really makes a difference. It, it is. It's more of a defensive game than it is an offensive game. Uh, I mean, it's easy to clear all the territories if you have enough teams, but making it to where it's a pain in the ass for the other team, is it can give you a big advantage. And that was something that we really focused on in that second one. I mean, we used a lot more arena teams, a lot more teams that are just generally good on defense. So, like, uh, I know those of us that use the Admiral Akbar, Hermit Yoda, CLS team, we all threw those teams on our defense. There were. Oh, man. Yeah, they're amazing. 
Um, Watching people throw things against that team's wall and see what sticks was amazing. I think that uh, Duck's team took about five teams on before it was finally killed. Yeah, we we had several teams that were uh, that hung in there pretty well. Um, so so I mean that team, just the CLS team with Han, Kenobi, R two, Thrawn, that team holds up really well. Another team I was super surprised about is the I think it's Grand Admiral Thrawn lead that has Shore Trooper, Death Trooper, Director Krennic, and Stormtrooper. You can sum out Director sub out Director Krennic to some degree. But that is a damn tanky team that is harder than hell to get through. There's one in my arena that I fight on occasion, and it's ridiculous. Just all the healing and crit immunity and all that stuff. So that's another extremely good team on defense. I would say the biggest thing that uh, defensive teams have in common is they have a way to heal back health and protection. That's like those Phoenix teams. If you give them turn meter and give them a head start and you don't take anyone out, I mean... Dude. They just keep healing themselves. Holy smokes. I think that was the second, that second territory war where uh, we took on an entire Phoenix wall, basically. Like, we beat the first, we beat the first territory and when we hit the second one, it was just 24, or 23 Phoenix teams and two teams of something else. Well, we did that exact same thing. I mean, we... (laughs) We had a wall of Phoenix as well, and it uh, yeah. it, it seemed to work really well. It, it does work because you have to you have to go at them smartly because if you don't, they're gonna generate so much turn meter. Yeah, uh, Kanan and Chopper are gonna be taunting. They'll keep regenerating protection until you are dead. Yeah, you have to have a good a good. Uh, you have to have a good plan against them, and then when you see that every single team in that territory is that. It's just everybody wanted Thrawn, so every most everyone has a Phoenix team. So if you put, yeah. tell your guild, at least twenty five of your guild, to throw a Phoenix team in one territory, it is not going to be fun. Yeah, for the other team, it's a pain. I mean, it's something you kind of got to coordinate, and if you get off to a bad start and leave them all standing, ain't good. No, exactly. Like, they're bad enough with the counters when you start fresh, but if you start with them having turn meter, it just gets even nastier. Yes. And that's another point I'd like to say on strategy for this. If you don't think... If you have a... Let's say you have a what you would consider yourself a B team, and they have an A... There's two people left in a territory, but they're both, like, arena teams for someone else. Think long and hard about whether to send in that B team to fight that team. Because if you die, that team is totally set up for whoever comes next. And even if one of your guildmates comes in with their arena team, they're already at a disadvantage. So whereas their arena team could take them on if nothing had touched them yet, if they have the turn meter on the other side, they might beat that person's arena team and waste one of your best teams on... uh, on your in your guild so if you go fight um a phoenix team or something like that and you get off to a bad start and you're gonna get wiped and not take anyone out seriously consider the forfeit button i mean talk to your guild officers or whatever um if that's the strategy they want to use but forfeiting 
So they, I mean, you're throwing away your team. You're not doing any damage to them. You're also not giving them turn meter. And that might be a lot more valuable than doing a little bit of damage to them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, besides that, I mean, it was mainly just kind of trying to set up good defensive teams. You know, teams that do work well on defense. Um, Another general tip I want to throw out here. So there's been a lot of talk of, all right, we're going to have this dude be offense and this dude be defense. Okay. Yeah. As we talked about, defense is really important in this game. So if you have a dude that's going in there to be strictly defense, tell them not to put all of their characters on defense because you want them to put hopefully six to seven really good defensive teams But once you get past that, you're working into your dregs. And uh, if they're putting anything with blue in there or, you know, just teams without a leader, with a leader ability, things like that, those teams are going to just get wiped out easily by some other crappy team. And then that will pull one of your very small amount of defense teams out of the game. So if someone says, I want to play defense, tell them, the best idea, what I would tell my guild if someone asked me to play defense, and I'll, and there's a funny thing, I only know this because the first territory where I played defense, I put in 21, 21 teams. I put in 21 teams. Jeez. Imagine how many of them were garbage. Most. So, yeah, you're putting in garbage. It's not going to do anything for your team. So if you're going to play defense, put in your best teams once you get past that, I know you feel like you're really helping the guild by putting in other teams to fill slots, but the rest of the guild is going to be able to fill those slots. Yep. So put in your best teams if you're playing defense. Anything that you would have used on offense, uh, put it on defense and then go from there. But if if someone in your guild says, I'm going to play defense, make sure they're not throwing in hot garbage. Yeah, because, I mean, you're better off them almost just sitting out than throwing in garbage teams because those those wins are just too easy put up something that'll give them a bit of a fight um yeah and it seems like this is really well balanced the way uh you know it uses a galactic point or was it galactic points galactic power and you know kind of balances everything that way it seems to be pretty effective i mean I feel like both of our territory wars have been really close, and I kind of feel like we won the second one based on strategy. I mean, they just they weren't able to kill our last few teams uh, because, you know, the way we had set up earlier phases, and it worked really well. Um, so, like mentioned earlier, uh, we were surprised how well the deep or the uh, the Phoenix Wall works, and also we didn't use the General Kenobi Bears teams on defense. Because mm-hmm. those are just, you know, basically sitting ducks for resistance. Um, there was something else I figured out that was pretty good. It doesn't work against great teams, but it works against those middle-ish tier teams. If you end up with like two or three people left on a team, send in as few characters as possible. Don't send in a whole team. In both Territory Wars, I have sent in strictly one character, and that character being fives? And him laying waste <laughs> to what was left. He's fantastic for this. Really, really good. Okay. If we were to, yeah, I'm just being nostalgic here, but if we were to go back, we're on episode 75. Let's say we went back 
even 50 episodes. Yeah. I, I believe there was an episode where you asked me who my favorite player in the game was at that point. For the longest time, my favorite character in the game was Fives. This yeah. is why. And he's even better now. Like, this was, that was before his Omega that made him double tap against speed down characters. Like, I just loved that character. And it just, it warms my heart to hear you say that. Because he <laughs> is so good. I love Fives. Yep, he's, he's pretty awesome. And that that same strategy probably works with using Kylo or hell, it might work with Han. I mean, Han Solo, like as much as I want to put him on defense, and I seriously considered it. I think I did this last time, but he's so damn good on offense. He gives you a massive advantage because he goes first. So I mean, if you can take him in against a team that's really that has that Keystone character, it can be really important. Um, yeah. So we have someone in chat kind of asking and talking about setting uh, defensive teams and asking if we max our defensive teams. We did. We filled every single defensive slot we possibly could. Uh, that includes ships, characters, everything. Every single territory. Was there 10 territories? All 10 territories were completely filled. Uh, I mean, you get 20 points per defensive team. You're, I mean, you're crazy not to. You, I mean, you basically get more. Yeah, you first. literally get more points for setting your defense than you do for winning an offensive battle. Yep. Now, of course, you get more points for taking over an entire territory, but if you can fill in those point, those d- defensive battles, you're you're going to start yourself on the right foot. Yep. I mean, even if they're total garbage teams, I mean. That is completely fine. I mean, throw in garbage teams because you're still forcing the other team to use characters that they won't have, you know, in later territories. So, absolutely. Yeah, so we were talking about... uh, Sorry. This is... Okay, I listen to our podcast, and the one thing I hate about myself is how much I step on your toes. So, no, I don't do it on purpose, (laughs) Wink. I've never noticed. (laughs) But... I was just talking about not setting crappy teams on defense if you are saying I'm going to be a defensive guy. Well, that does not apply if you are in a newer guild or a guild that uh, yeah. you know, doesn't have high established rosters, right? So if you're on a team where everyone's about 1 million galactic power on their, for their, their whole squad, if you're a defensive guy, throw them all in there because... You got 50 people in a guild with 1 million galactic power each. You're not going to be able to fill all the slots and then still be able to attack most likely. So if you're on defense in that case, just throw them in there because they're going to have to waste a team to beat you. Yep. So that my other advice was more of an in-game, I've been here forever. Like, I've been here since the start, where's my trophy attitude. But if you're newer, you know... You want to you wanna maximize as much as you can. If you could set a defensive team with hot garbage and you know that territory won't be filled in the end, put it in there because A, you get the banners, and B, they're going to have to waste a team to beat it. Yep. So, and even if they wasted a team to beat it, you got 20 for setting it. They only got 10 for beating it. So you're already coming out 10 ahead. Yep. And it just makes it that much more difficult for them to get the points for the territory. I mean, 
If you, yeah. I mean, if you have ten teams that have to face, that's quite a bit easier. So, yeah, you're. I mean, there is. It's a huge mathematical advantage to set every defensive team possible. So, absolutely, be doing that. And like yep. I said, if you're in, you know, guilds that aren't quite as established with deep rosters, I mean, garbage teams, you you need to be using. You you should probably fill them out. Um, I think at that point it probably gets a little bit more difficult because you still have to have teams where you can win on offense. But, uh, I mean, you just get so many points for those defensive teams, it's hard not to. Yep, I completely agree. So, basic overall, I did not like tournaments. It took too much time, way too much effort. I work nights, so I would spend all my free time on night at night at work battling Arena just to keep getting as many points as I could to get to the point where I was in, thought I was in a good spot. Whereas when I went to bed three hours before the deadline, I might stay in the top one hundred. That's how ter- that's how tournaments went for me. I think guild versus guild beyond arena is the best. I, I I did not mean to play that. I'm sorry. I've gone crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, I'm like he's he's playing a bumper for something. But uh, territory wars, I think, is the best uh, PvP thing beyond arena. And I might even think I, it's better than Arena. I I do. I love Territory War. It's they're so fun. Like it's, even though the the rewards are, are kind of low, but the rewards you do get are all stuff you need. Yeah, at least the bottom half. Yeah, like Mark Three Carpontes, stun guns. Uh, Mark, sorry, Mark is it Mark Three? They are Mark Threes. Mark Three Carpontes, Mark Three Apollo projectors, and stun guns. Yep. You get those no matter what every time. Then you get Zetas, you get your credits, you get your guild currency, you get your guild event currency, and then you get your guild gear 12 uh, salvage. It's not a ton, but it is good. If they bumped it up, I would be very happy, but I'm not upset with what you get for it now because it is not... There's literally barely any stress for guild officers and leaders in territory yeah. wars it's literally hey you got five minutes here go beat up this team all right an hour later you have some you've 20 minutes go beat up three more teams you know i mean that's something else as far as strategy like our officers we really didn't do a whole lot i mean we came up with a general game plan uh so basically what we did was we laid out a map we had a map and then we showed everybody where we were going to put guys. Like, we we're going to make, you know, this phase incredibly difficult. Arena teams. This phase also arena teams. This team, like, B-type squads. And then we we're going to do, like, fillers here and then, like, Phoenix here or whatever. And the idea being that we kind of force them to go into a spot where they end up getting in a bad spot because they've used offensive teams and they need more offensive teams, kind of. And Mm -hmm. we really just kind of left it up to discretion of everybody on how we attacked also as far as, you know, just being able to go in there and beat it. And we didn't have any issues. (laughs) Yeah, we, we can't. We went in with a general strategy 
Uh, thanks to Elon Mustard. Yep. Colonel Mustard there. He made us a nice graphic of uh, what our strategy was going to be. We pinned it on our Discord channel. So basically every territory war, you know what we're thinking and what we're doing. So anyone, any new people can just look at it and know what's going on. I mean, it makes the strategy so much better for us. Uh, we know what teams we're putting in it. It just... So far, our strategy is 1-0-1, oh, and, one, and uh, I'm pretty happy with those numbers. So I will take it. And I'll tell you what, those Zetas for the win. Yeah. I will take them every time. Yep. So were there any specific offensive teams that are maybe, you know, not too common, you know, not like arena meta teams, not uh, resistance, but anything else that you found to be particularly useful on offense? You know, there's a team that was is forgotten these days, but was meta forever. And even when it wasn't meta, people held on to it, clutching it with their last breath. But that is droids on offense. Yeah. Droid teams with Nebit, or HK-47 lead, Nebit, Jawa Engineer, IG-86, and IG-88. They good. Those teams on offense, pretty damn good. Yep. If you're not... If, depending on how you have a modded, they can still go up against meta teams. For sure. But uh, for those B teams, they're still good against those. And I found that saving them for offense made a big difference. Yep. Just don't use them against Kenobi team and you'll be good. Yeah, exactly. Or CLS because there's so many yeah. AoEs. Yeah, or that. Yeah. But yeah, they are fantastic. Um, they're, pre- they're not bad on defense either. I set mine on defense usually. Uh, I... W- like I said before, I was really surprised with how good the Ewoks were. They were just a freaking wrecking ball. Um, I think for <laughs> next time, I am going to set up my old arena team. I'm going to do a Lando lead with IG-88, Old Ben, Stormtrooper Han, and probably I'll probably use Poggle in that one and set it up to where he's giving the offense up just because I think Anakin's probably better than another team, but... Uh, it's it's so much fun being able to just create all these different teams with all these characters and trying to not use them. I will say one thing that I really wish they would add to the game is a squad builder where it was like a territory war squad builder where it would actually remove the character out of your roster once you place them onto a team because it's kind of frustrating trying to build multiple teams the way it is. But with Where you can still put in this, a team, a person that's in another team already in that tab. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I really, while we're on the side tangent of this subject, is I really wish when you set up your squads in the squad builder, you didn't have to slide that side thing up and down to find people. If when you went to select someone, it took you to the character screen. Oh, my God. And you could sort by what group they're in or whatever and find the yes. person you're looking for instead of just searching endlessly through that list it's funny that squad builders were put as a quality of life thing and they were awesome when they came out well we're now to the point where we nitpick the quality of life thing right if if they were to update the squad builder there are two things i'd want it would be to be able to go to the regular character screen to pick characters for the squads and also uh for you to not have to be going into battle to update your squads. 
So like a, a button on the left-hand side of the screen that you just clicked and it went to the squad builder. Yep. That would be nice. And if they had something where, like, you could go through and you could just select five characters and, you know, put check marks next to them and then you're done. Like, yeah, it'd be... It's so Yeah, that would even work, for it's sure. It's so frustrating scrolling, you know, too wide all the way down through your entire roster trying to pick teams. Oh. I mean, it's nice that we can build teams. You only have to do it that one time, but, oh, it's frustrating. Um, anything else about Territory Wars you can think of? Nope. My basic gist of what Territory nope. Wars is Not is that I love them. They're great. Well, this is new. Uh-oh. Welcome back, Wink. <laughs> oh, we had a technical glitch, didn't we? Technical glitch. It's all good. You're back, and that's all that matters. Yep. Uh, okay, so that it for Territory Wars? That is it for well, Territory Wars. Uh, real quick, I would like to tell you about Audible. Because please do. I do. I love Audible. It's amazing. Um, I was trying to find a good Star Wars book on there, and I've been looking at some that I think I'm gonna start. I've got some credits laying around for Audible, and I'm gonna have to, you know, just kind of pick one and go with it. But instead, I'm gonna tell you about a book I have already read or listened to because it's Audible, and. It is amazing. It, it's the best the title of any book I've ever even heard of. It is called okay. The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. <laughs> it is fantastic. It, it's not fiction. Who writes book. that one? Um, it is. Oh, you had to ask me that. You would think I would be prepared for such things. Um, well, there was a book that we all loved in the Navy that we talked about. Um God, I can't remember the guy that wrote it, but basically it was this dude that wrote all the stories of his, his all his drunken stories of his hookups, and uh, it was quite funny. Interesting. And the name of that book makes me think of that dude. I'm going to have to think of the name and see if it's on Audible, because I read that book on deployment, and uh, it was hilarious. Well, and I could imagine if someone were reading it to you, on Audible, how great that book would be even more so. Well, you'll have to look but, it up uh, and figure out the title, and we'll see if it's on there. But <laughs> I just got to text my uh, I just gotta text my buddy from the Navy, and uh, <laughs> he'll tell me exactly who it is. Perfect. Uh, yeah, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck is written by Mark Manson and was narrated by Roger Wayne. The, uh, the audio version is pretty spectacular, but, I mean, the whole book is really good. It's pretty insightful. It's kind of more of a... It's more of a thinker book, but, uh, you know, it's not, it's not a fiction book, but it is, it is so good. I've actually listened to it twice. I found it really interesting. That is kind of right down my wheelhouse. So, uh, yeah, uh, highly, <laughs> nice. highly suggest it. Of all the books I have listened to, I think it is probably my favorite audiobook. It is amazing. Where would people be able to download that? People would be able to download that from audibletrial.com slash shattered order. Uh, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial there, 
and they will give you a free audiobook. Even if you cancel within that first 30 days, you still get to keep the audiobook that you selected. So it is a pretty awesome deal, and I highly recommend it. I, uh, I'm i going to have to find some time this weekend to, to start my trial. I'm trying. I'm really trying to decide, though, whether I I want to read the Thrawn book or if I want to see if the new Phasma book's on there. Oh yeah, I don't know if the new Phasma book is or not, but the uh, the Thrawn book is awfully damn good. Stay tuned because this week, hopefully, I will sign up and find out if the Phasma book is on there. That is a good idea. <laughs> So I get the feeling that people have been just waiting and waiting for this next topic. And waiting. And waiting. It's like... And waiting. They went to a remote island or something with their little droid friend. Just they're looking, they're seeking something out. And they don't know what they're going to find. And then up on a rock cliff, they see it. The Ray of it. Jar Jar Binks. Yes. Yeah. That that would be nice. <laughs> Jar Jar. Oh. Um, Ray! It's finally time we talk about Ray. All right. Are you as excited as I am? Because I am pretty damn excited. I'm excited to talk about it. Upon first glance of this kit, I am not quite sure. It's not what I expected. Let's just say that. It's not what I expected either. I've... There's a, there's a lot of things in there, and it's time we go through it. So, she is officially named Rey, in quote, or in parentheses, Jedi Training. So, she is Jedi Training. She has not been given the Jedi tag. She is light side, she is resistance, and she is a tank. Those are the only affiliations he has of any sort. A lot of people were expecting Jedi. I kind of was too. Uh, I was actually a little bit surprised to see that she is not, in fact, a Jedi. You know what, to be honest, I don't think we'll ever see another Jedi in these the Skywalker group of trilogies. What? I I think I'm starting to agree with you. I kind of think that I, I really think he might be the actual last Jedi and that that whole thing's done. Um, I was kind of thinking that maybe he was like the last Jedi for now and then she would become the last Jedi. Who knows? But, um, yeah, so. This is the problem I have with Star Wars in general as we stand right now. The part I loved about the prequels that I did not love about the original trilogy as much as good as the original trilogy was the part I loved about the sequels that made it for me was the Jedi and the Jedi council and the fact that there were Jedi everywhere and they were just this group. And so none of the new movies have Jedi or the Jedi council or anything. The only thing that they could do is to find a way to make Luke, start the Jedi Order over again. Start finding people and building this thing up within the next couple of movies. Because there's only two ways this new trilogy that's not a Skywalker trilogy can go. It can be 
in a different area and time, but even in if it runs concurrently with the current movies, there's still no Jedi Order, right? So you're yep. not going to have Jedi Order. If it's after this this uh, episode 7, 8, and 9, there's not going to be a Jedi Order. The only way for there to be a Jedi Order in a new Star Wars trilogy is if it were in the past. And that is what upsets me because... yeah. As great as it is to have prequels and movies in the past, every you've already seen stuff from the you've already seen stuff from the future, right? So whatever they do in those movies has to fit with what happened in the future, right? Yep. So I want a movie with a Jedi Council, a Jedi Order, or at least the Jedi's becoming a thing again. Agreed. But the only way for that to happen is in the past, which severely limits the movies. That's the only problem I have. With my excitement for that new trilogy. Yeah. Sorry, off the rails again. But it's... it's. That's a good I'm point. really excited for a trilogy that's not Skywalkers. But for it to have what I want, it has to be in the past. And that kind of sucks. You hate the Skywalkers, which is disappointing. But um, No, I'll tell you this much. I am really loving... And this might just be off of the movies in general, but... Older Mark Hamill, that dude is my hero. That guy is awesome. Yeah. He's always he's always up to talk about Star Wars. He's always helping, you know, the people around him. He's always up to, you know. I saw a video just this week of him showing up on uh Star Tours and surprising everyone to ride Star Tours with him. It's funny how so many famous people, like, they'll be something, they'll be this icon for some reason, and they're so annoyed mm. that they're attached to that icon. He seems like he's kind of, he's pretty well owned it, which is kind of a relief. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 kind of like the difference between Mark Hamill and uh, Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah. That's a good example. Like, That's a good example. Harrison Ford's like, yeah, I was in those movies, but they don't define me. Yeah. Mark Hamill's like, yeah, I was Luke Skywalker in that movie that <laughs> no one can stop talking about. I'm still in those movies. Go see it on December fifteenth. You're gonna get. You'll see me more. I will even talk this time. <laughs> yeah. So that's a good point. Well, all right. Let's let's get back to let's get back to Ray. Why don't you Let's zoom back onto the rails? Why here. don't you detail us this basic? Well, I go and grab a phone charger so I don't lose signal. <laughs> All right, I got you, man. So the definition of Jet Ray Jedi training. She is a resilient resistance tank who avenges debuffed allies and controls the battlefield. Now, if you look at this little picture of her, that's kind of blocky sketchy spinning in circles on your screens on twitch um it is not the same uh character model as the cantina battle where she's holding the lightsaber so you've got a completely updated character model um i don't know completely updated it looks like it's just new colors it might still be the same one just different colors she's more black now than she was tan before but uh the model looks really good um the forehead really shines so it's a uh, it's a uh, why are you there she is why are you talking there. about her forehead because i i just looked at the character model and saw the forehead again okay, okay. sure all right 
<laughs> but moving on to her basic ability. Her basic ability is called Connected Strikes. All right. Deal physical damage to target enemy. Damage is increased by 25% for each of the following. And this one really threw me off the first time I was reading it because I'm like, this sounds like every scenario, but it's not. And I'll tell you why in a second. But damage is increased 25% for each of the following. Ray has no debuffs. Ray has any buffs. Target has no buffs. Target has any debuffs. So where does that leave room for anything? Well, I mean, there... Doesn't it seem like she's going to have 50% offense all the time? Uh, I mean, there's a chance. I mean, if she's, if she's debuffed and the target's buffed... Right. Nothing. There, this is where it gets foggy. There are scenarios where... She can have 25% offense. She can have 50%. She can have 75%. She can even have 100% offense. And 0% additional offense. Or zero with yeah. nothing. So, which will probably be the case if you have her going the fastest. But, yeah, uh, maybe. Well, so she, her, her kit fits really well. So, one of the really important things about this, I'm kind of jumping ahead, is that she basically has foresight all the damn time. So, it's going to be pretty rare if she's not buffed. So mm -hmm. her not getting at least 25 to 50% increase is going to be extremely rare. Yeah, I agree. That 25% is pretty much almost always standard there. So. Yeah, and these animations are pretty cool too. It's cool, and it, it crits there for... 11.3k, uh, so not too bad. Yep. I, I wish I knew what these, uh, what kind of mods. That's with, uh, that's with the 50% offense, because the general Kenobi she's hitting is debuffed, and she is uh, buffed. Yes, and she also looks like she has crit damage up, so. Um, yes, very true. And also uh, secret intel. All right, so <laughs> let's move on to her first special, Defiant Slash, in which she deals physical damage to target enemy and inflicts healing immunity for two turns. That debuff can't be copied, dispelled, or resisted. Target other ally uh, and dispel all their debuffs and then call them to assist and grant them foresight for two turns. Sweet. I love this ability, especially with, I know this is who they, sh this is exactly what they show in the little gif on the update, but essentially she does this special ability with a Zeta BB-8. His Zeta ability gives, uh, any time. Uh, I, <laughs> I can't quit yawning. Oh, anyway. Apparently. So his Zeta ability says if he attacks out of turn, he calls a random resistance ally to attack. So if you have Ray on that team, she can be called to attack because he's attacking out of order. So that would allow Ray to do her first special BB-8, go in, apply tenacity down, and then her come back and do her basic. So... 
So what you're saying makes complete sense here. She gets at least a 25% bonus by calling BB-8 because of the debuff. debuff. The... When Thrawn was introduced, or when Old Ben's rework was introduced, the the GIF had some weird things in it, right? Some things that made what was happening in the GIF confusing compared to what was written, right? In this... Nothing that's written in here would show or say why she gets a second attack. Yeah. I don't remember hearing the outrage and freakouts about that <laughs> as I did with old Ben. Because when I'm looking at this, if I didn't if you didn't tell me that's what Zeta BB8 did, I would wonder how in the hell is she attacking a second time that is nowhere <laughs> in this ability. Yeah. Well, but apparently that was not a an issue that I heard about today. Yeah. So, well, maybe more people are familiar with BP8's kit than you are. I don't know. I'm about to get him seven star. That's I might true. actually use him. That's so. true. <laughs> yeah. So this actually has a five turn cooldown. Uh, so good special. Uh, I'm a big fan. I really like the idea of using her and BB-8 together because of this, especially with that Zeta ability. Uh, there are a lot mm -hmm. of instances. So, like, if you have General Kenobi, General Kenobi calling everybody in, that would cause Ray to double tap, essentially. Um, you know, if BB-8's in there. Uh, mm -hmm. anyone who calls an assist, um... I don't know if there's anything that's specific to droids that calls them to assist. Um, but that BB-8 ability where he calls in a uh, resistance ally whenever he attacks out of turn could be super interesting. Um, but like mm -hmm. you said, I think she was only critting for 11-3 in that gif of her basic. So I'll be kind of curious to see exactly what kind of damage she does. Because she is a tank. She's not an attacker. She's meant to mm, control things, I guess. She's not meant to... She's not really meant to be a big damage dealer, although she does pretty good damage. Uh, we'll, we're about to get into a few more special, you know, abilities that make her super interesting. But why don't you tell us about her second special, Mind Trick? Before I get into that, I want to mention that she is a tank, but she has no taunt. That's a good point, yes. So there's no taunt on Jedi or Jedi training Ray, but something that's been thrown around a lot in our uh, something that's been thrown a lot in our Discord over the past day once her kit was revealed is we don't know if what other resistance might be coming. There might be a character that comes out that forces another character to taunt. That's true. And that might be a thing. And the what the specific one mentioned was Rose. So thanks to Eric Nika for that little tidbit of an idea there. But uh, yeah, we don't know that nothing will force her to taunt. But right now she's a tank with no taunt. Yeah. Kind of like a Savage Opress or a Fives. Kind of in that realm. Yep. So special two, you should like this one. You probably should have talked about it. But I'm going to talk about it <laughs> while you gush over there. Uh, in your picture there. So the special number two, Mind Trick. You can see where this is going. Dispel all buffs on target enemy and afflict ability block, daze, offense down, and speed down for two turns. 
For each debuff inflicted, remove 10% turn meter. So up to 40% turn meter, which can't be resisted. For each debuff resisted though, you're gonna remove 20% turn meter. So if they resist whatever you're putting on them, they you're gonna double the turn meter you gain. And that can't be resisted. Yep. So let's say you get land, ability block, and days. You're gonna get 20% turn meter from that. You miss two, so you're going to get 40 more percent turn meter from that. So that's and, uh, 60% turn meter removal, which is... If you miss two of your, bu- yep. your debuffs, you know? And as so, you can tell in the GIF that they have up, she uses this ability on a Barris who has Foresight. So that's going to be the nice thing about this ability. It will get rid of the Foresight and uh, it will still, still apply the buffs. Still land everything. So Exactly. And the second part to that is for each active resistance ally, gain 15% turn meter. So if you're in a full resistance team, you're all, you're also gaining sixty uh, percent. Seventy five because she counts herself. Oh yeah, you count herself, so seventy five. So really cool ability, another five turn cooldown, but uh, you're gonna lock down somebody using that. Yeah. So what I think's kind of funny about this is that this is pretty similar to Commander Luke Skywalker's special ability where he removes turn meter um so he has that special where he moves 100 percent turn meter and gains 100 percent turn meter she removes this commander luke skywalker oh commander luke okay yeah, yeah. or sorry doesn't gain turn meter but he removes 100 percent turn meter uh but mm-hmm. he also has an ability where you know he can gain 100 percent turn meter where he gives himself a buff and then he can turn around and remove turn meter that's what I was trying to say. Uh, so this is basically that move in one go. Kind of. So you're removing turn meter and gaining yourself. Yes. But, you know, it's less amount and it has a longer cooldown, but uh, you're inflicting some pretty awesome debuffs and um, pretty impressive. P.S. If you have secret intel, there's a pretty good chance you're going to land all four buffs. That's true too, because that's the plus twenty five percent potency. So that's a that's another reason they fit really well together. And there is nothing wrong with having offensive down, speed down, ability block, and daze on somebody. That sounds like fun. Call that lockdown. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so far, kind of what we've gathered through what we've gone through is she'll be really good with BB eight. She'll be good with R two as well. But we'll get into some stuff here in an issue here in a second that makes her a lot better. She is going to completely wreck Kenobi Barris teams because of that first special, which is the uncleansable hill immunity. Uh, that was something we kind of predicted that we would see would be like a lockable buffer debuff. And there it is. Not too much of a surprise. And that is a great ability to have locked down. Can we go off the rails for a second? Yeah, sure. Someone mentioned to me before this kit came out today what I would want Jedi Ray to have that isn't in the game yet. So I'm not going to say what mine was. I don't remember if you read it or not. Nope. But uh, if you were... I'm going to put you on the spot right now. If you had to pick one ability type 
one ability or a debuff or something that was not in this game already, whether it's from your mind or something you've seen in another game, what would you pick? I don't know. <laughs> well, I had one. Ability you block, know what I it was? I don't know. what. I'm going to guess that you said days. It was not days. Because that's already in the game. This is something oh. that's not in the game yet. Oh, not in... The, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like something that you could do. So my idea for her... Someone is like, what could she do that would be new to the game to set her apart from everyone else? And my idea was a character that where you... When you hit them, you applied taunt. So basically, you didn't give them a debuff, but you gave them a buff. Ah, oh, that's interesting. So they were now taunting. So basically, let's say you have a, they have a General Kenobi on their team and they have a glass tank that's killing your dudes. Huh. If you had this type of person on your team, you could run in, slap them with that ability, and put taunt on them. So even if you crit with that ability, you put taunt on them, General Kenobi taunts, but now you have your choice. You can continue to blast on the glass cannon. So that was my idea. It's like basically like a... And we, me and Giggles were talking about this, but it's like a fixate. So whether or not this person is taunting, you can still fixate on that person, whether they're taunting. I would like to and say I, we almost have that in the game already. And we talked about that in yeah. Discord, too, that you're talking about Deathmark, right? Yep. Yeah, so Deathmark is that way. You have to attack them if you can, but if someone taunts, you can't attack yep. them anymore. So my idea is a, like a fixate or the ability to add the taunt buff to them so that y you can attack that person no matter who else taunts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that was the ability I thought if she got would be really awesome. And it could still come, but that was what was asked of me. And I just wanted to share that. That'd be pretty cool, for sure. So anyways, back on the rails. On she the rails. has a leader ability she does. that you were hoping she might have one to give another option for resistance. So what does she do? Yeah, and she does a really good job at giving a second option for resistance with her inspirational presence. Uh, this does <laughs> include the Zeta upgrade. Uh, resistance allies have plus 30% crit chance and plus 30% crit damage. When they score a critical hit, they have a 70% chance to inflict Expose for two turns. This effect cannot be resisted. That's kind of similar to Jin's leader ability. Uh, resistance mm -hmm. allies gain 10% whenever a 10% turn meter when an enemy is exposed. Um, so, you know. Every Decent? Not. Uh, this is what it bugs me. That sounds awesome for a resistance team if you're thinking of it in a case where Finn is still the leader. But if you take Finn's leadership out, you're not getting that 33% turn meter for every expose that's hit. So when you're inflicting that expose, all you're really getting is everyone 10% turn meter. So you'd have to inflict 9 exposes to get 100% turn meter. Yeah, that's... So this is not going to be your typical resistance team. This is going to be something completely different. But, that that is true, but think about how often they're going to be inflicting exposes. When they score a critical hit with 30% crit chance. I mean, if you get mm -hmm. them to... I mean, 
It's not that difficult to get somebody a 60% crit chance. I mean, if you mod them correctly, that's pretty easy. No, to not do. at all. And so, what, 9 out of 10 times you're going to be inflicting expose? And, well, I guess it wouldn't be 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10 times you'd have a chance to inflict expose, which would then only happen, what, 63% of the time? Because there's a 70% chance to inflict expose. But uh, you gain 10% turn meter whenever the enemy becomes exposed. So characters like Poe that can res- that can um, apply exposed to a lot of people are going to be really interesting. I mean, if he applies uh, an exposed to, what, four or five people? I mean, your whole team's going first already. I mean, this kind of becomes another case where... Uh, the speed of pose, basically, what matters. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, if if pose going first and he puts out those uh, exposes, you could give fifty percent turn meter to everyone on the first move. Yes, and then I mean you could kind of get a bit of a chain reaction going, and uh, you know start. Um, Start giving turn mirror to everyone. Hopefully, that's the idea. But that's not all of our leader ability. This next part includes the... Uh, z- this is strictly the Zeta. So whenever resistance allies use a special ability, all exposed enemies lose 5% turn meter. That cannot be resisted. If the resistance ally has no debuffs, reduce their cooldowns by 1. This this interests me because it almost incentivizes not hitting those people with a lot of exposes. Because if you have a dude That's with five exposes point. on him and you are using special abilities on other people, let's say they have five exposes. Every time you use a special ability, they're going to lose 25%. Yep. Turn meter. Or 2%. Let's what? say two exposes. They're losing 10% turn meter every time someone uses a special People use a lot of specials on a on a resistance team. So well, hold on, you you lost me a little bit. All exposed enemies lose five percent turn meter. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh okay, not five percent. It doesn't for each add up. Debuff. Okay, yeah. So I was reading that wrong. But you, I mean, what you are thinking is fairly correct in that, say, if you have a general Kenobi and you're attacking it. And the other four characters are debuffed. Oh, my God, I cannot quit yawning. It's unbelievable. Um, So (laughs) if you keep using specials on General Kenobi, you're going to be second turn meter from everyone else. You just have to be, you know, attacking faster than they're gaining turn meter. But you're also reducing your cooldowns each time that happens, which is... Nice. And I assume that second part, if the resistance ally has no debuffs, reduce their cooldowns by one. I assume that is per character and it's not like a mass type thing like it is with Finn. Yeah, I think they the there is is what tries to separate that. Yes. Yep. So that's a pretty damn good leader ability. I'm probably not gonna be using it. That seems more of a I mean, I can't really tell. I still think in PvE, 
thin will be better. Agreed. Overall. But I think this might be built more for trying to bring resistance meta for Arena. Yeah, I don't disagree. It has potential. We will see going forward how how much potential that uh, ends up being. So, Unique 1, her first unique. She has two uniques. So another Zeta ability, but when another ally suffers a debuff... Or when resistance ally gains secret intel, Ray gains 8% turn meter. When Ray suffers a debuff, she has 40% chance to dispel all debuffs on herself. Well, damn. Almost 50%, almost a flip of a coin whether if she gets a debuff, all the debuffs are going to disappear. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what the debuff is. I mean, you can death marker, you can. Um, Day, stun, ability block, whatever. She has a 40% chance to get rid of those. Um, and then on top on top of that part of it, which is the Zeta, the 8% turn meter for secret intel, getting secret intel or suffering a debuff, that's going to just give her a lot of turns. It's not her suffering a debuff. It's another Everybody. ally. Like, that is ridiculous. Um, so if you have somebody, say, uh, R2 doing his AOE, inflicting debuffs on everyone, what, 40% turn meter? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, you're going to be pretty low. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, what did you just say? 40, I'm assuming she counts herself. If she, if, uh, well, it says another ally, so it might only be thirty-two percent. What does R two have to do with that? He can if R he can AOE and inflict burn on five people. On your team? Yes. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So all those allies are suffering debuffs, which will then give Ray eight percent turn meter. For each one, for each debuff. Yes, for each one. Nice. Yep. That is how yep. I read it. There is nothing. No, I read it the of... same way. I was just. Th- I thought you were talking about an R two on your team doing. Oh, it. gotcha. Like, no, an enemy R two doing an AOE. Gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, Ray Jedi training would is a uh, droid meta killer. <laughs> I mean, she's a lot of thing killer. Like she's, she's pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm just just think about like droids will not be coming back soon with her in the meta, with the amount of debuffs they do on AOEs. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> that that is definitely true. And I mean, using old Ben against her is going to be a little bit dangerous as well. I mean, uh, oh yeah, I, I don't know yep. if it's unique debuffs. But, I mean, if you're inflicting 10 debuffs overall, even though you're moving turn meter, I mean, she's still gaining a ton of turn meter. You're basically handing Ray another turn. Whenever another ally suffers a debuff, that kind of makes me think it's per, not per debuff, but, you know, per situation like, Somebody like Obed that does offense, sound, and ability block would only count once, but I'm not sure. Yeah. 
I gotcha. All right. What's that second unique? A second unique is Insight. Um, this also has a na- another Zeta upgrade, uh, which is not surprising. So at the start of each encounter, Ray gains foresight until she evades. Ray recovers 5% health and 5% protection when she evades. At the end of Ray's turn, Ray gains foresight until she evades. If Ray has foresight, she gains crit D up until she is damaged. If she already has crit D up, she gains offense up until she is damaged. I think I feel like this is the ability that really defines her. Yeah, it's it's kind of similar to Ezra in a way in that she just gets more powerful as she goes, but if you don't smack her at least once before she takes another turn, the odds that she's going to continue to get stronger. Yep. If you ignore Jet, I keep call- wanting to call her Jedi Ray. If you ignore Ray, Jedi training, she's going to continue to get stronger. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And so the Zeta ability of this part is is what I'm about to read. At the end of her turn, if Ray already has crit D up, she gains offense up until she is damaged. At the start of each encounter, she gains foresight until she evades, and when Ray evades, she recovers 5% health and 5% protection. That is a pretty good ability. No doubt about it, but I don't know that... I don't know how good of a Zeta that is. I think it's... Yeah. Because... I can't imagine her going that long without getting attacked to make it worth the offense up. And then gaining for- foresight till she evades is nice, but I mean, it's not any different than just gaining foresight in general. I mean, it's Han's still going to go through it. Um, it's only going to matter when someone hits her and she actually evades and it's gone. But I don't know. It's, it's an okay Zeta. Yeah, I think the foresight part is the one the one that I'm really thinking of. Yeah. Um she's gonna get that foresight until she evades every turn. Yep. And I mean, you, we all know how valuable foresight can be. Uh it's it's a great buff to have, but uh I mean it is pretty easily countered by Han Solo, um primary Han. Primarily Han Solo, not really anyone else, but um, yeah, it's unfortunate that he's in the meta because he could be a problem for her. I mean, I feel like Han Solo, Thrawn, and um, CLS are kind of going to be the two primary issues for Rey, but I am super excited about her kit. What do you think about it overall, just kind of in general? Um... She's not CLS. That's I think that's most people's thought. Yeah, she's, she's definitely not going not. to have the impact CLS did when he came out. But uh, that's the main thing I thought when she I saw her kit the first time. I think her kit's pretty good. I think it's it'll make resistance interesting because there's another leader you can choose to use, and the leader ability does different things for different scenarios. So that makes it. That makes resistance as a whole, if you have them geared, more durable. 
So, I mean, uh, at this point, you already had Finn to lead, and then you could switch out um, from what was added since the beginning. You could switch in R2 for someone. Now you can switch in BB-8 for someone. Now you can switch in Ray for Finn, or Finn and Ray leave Ray in without her leader ability. Like, there's a lot now going on with Resistance, and I don't think, I don't think that they're done with the Resistance faction for this new movie, because we were talking about this in Discord again. At this point, we're a week from a week away from the movie, right? At this point for Rogue One, Rogue One, not even in the main trilogy, but for Rogue One, they already had five to six characters released before the movie and came out. Yeah, that's true. We have no, we have Kylo Ren and Mast. We have Imperial Type Imperial Special Special sorry, Forces First Order fight Special Fighter. That's a mouthful. Anyways, you have those two, and those. That's it for this movie so far. Yeah. They're not going to only have those two and Ray for this movie. Yep. So who knows what else is going to happen for Resistance? Who knows if there's going to be Snoke for First Order, Hux for First Order, what else is coming? It can't only be these three. So you already have a good amount of choices to go on with Resistance. Uh, odds are you're going to have even more choice. Yeah, for sure. Once all char- movie characters are released, so I agree. I think she is going to be interesting. I think that her kit is not as overwhelming as we thought it would be at this point, but there can be characters introduced to make her even better from here. Let's also say we haven't played with her yet. I mean, this, there's a lot of potential in this kit. So, just, just for example, um. The chance to inflict exposed whenever there's a crit hit. So anyone who does multiple hits is going to be interesting. So Ray Scavenger is interesting. R2-D2, very interesting. I mean, he can hit five people on his AoE. If he gets a Mm -hmm. bunch of crits and gains turn meter, I mean, he could be giving a lot of turn meter back to other resistance characters. Um, I I really think there's going to be something here. Um... I think I I love BB-8 Zeta now. It makes him a thousand times more interesting. Um, yeah, for sure. R2's obviously going to be good with her. Uh, keeping uh, something else is with R2, keeping her stealth will help her build up the buffs to get to the crit D up and the offense up. That's going to be really important. Um, well, why don't we just go ahead into the general strategy stuff and you kind of tell us where they think she'll be good in PvP. All right, so in PvP, they think she's a tank character that is also able to deal powerful damage and establish control of the battlefield. A couple of their consistent foresight, she is difficult to take out. Yeah, that's for sure. And if you don't try to take her out, she's just going to, if she has the Zeta, she's just going to keep gaining power. Yep. Locking her down with debuffs is equally difficult, given Ray's unique Virtuous Protector. That's the one where if she gets a debuff, she has a 40% chance to clear all her debuffs. Oh, yeah. Um, she also brings the first unpreventable and undispellable healing immunity. 
Love which it. helps her while battling stubborn opponents such as Barris Ophi, Chert Imwe, and Kylo Ren. Chert Imwe, man. For the longest time, that was be the I, before they before Kenobi Barris yeah. entered the meta. Doing this against it was Beirut. Chirrut yeah, would have been great. Absolutely. But it also says, while Rey can function in multiple squads, she works best when accompanied by her trusty droids. Her trusty droid. This annoys me. I'll tell you why in a second. Anyways, (laughs) BB-8 can use secret intel to speed her up, while R2-D2 can help her under stealth as Rey is ramping up damage via her insight. How How the hell is R2-D2 one of her trusty droids? How long did she know R2-D2? Well... Ten seconds in the movie? Well... Oh, I guess they made the jump through hyperspace together, so now they're best buddies. He did take her to see uh, Luke, right? So... Is this not Rey's hero's journey character from the first movie? R2-D2 is not her trusted droid. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, did you hear about the whole deal with the directors, how... It was going to be B8 that went with her to Octu, but it ended up being R2-D2 for something in the new movie. There's some sort of plot point that has to do with those. Good. Maybe Luke sees his his trusted droid <laughs> you, and is happy to see him. You are bitter. Um, <laughs> I, I, I never read this until alive on this live stream, and now I'm like, what? The, what, what? Trusted droid? She barely knows R2-D2. Okay. BB-8. is He's more of BB-8's trusted no, droid than r You want to talk about something that's irritating? Commander Luke Skywalker and Rey have different color lightsabers. <laughs> Do you get why that's weird? Yes. It's the same you damn lightsaber. We didn't have ICFR this week. But on color of lightsaber in uh, notes, yeah, uh, Garrett, the uh, AJ art guy, Garrett, yes, Garrett AJ from EACG, the art guy, made a mistake in a graphic. <laughs> he owned up to it, but Kaigon Jin's lightsaber was blue instead of green in the graphic. And holy crap! If you want to laugh, go to the official. Go to the official Star Wars Galaxy of Hero Reddit. Go to the right side. Go down to where it's devs and find Garrett's posts. Because on the someone posted about Kaigon having the wrong color lightsaber in the graphic, and his 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 replies were just amazing. Yes, I <laughs> applaud him Dude, for the comments. Say, ever and since he, it. it was amazing. Ever since he joined Reddit, we every time we talked about him, yeah. the quips. The, the the puns, he's hilarious. I love this dude. Him and Cap Gas both are absolutely fantastic. And yes, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, you know, our Discord channel is obviously a place to go find it. Yes, for sure. Because we have... Well, how, what about PvE? Uh, so, for PvE, Ray Jedi training brings a new twist to the Resistance playstyle. Her leader ability, Inspirational Presence... Grants any resistance ally unit a chance to apply expose via critical hit. Thus, she pairs extremely well with resistance squad mates who gain turn meter from each successful expose application. It also benefits resistance unit. 
resistance units that can score multiple critical hits at the same time. See R2-D2, Ray, etc. She excels at providing turn meter and cooldown reduction to her team in reliable amounts. She also brings the team's damage up significantly with her assist call, especially paired with BB-8 with Zeta and her powerful <laughs> basic attack. In the Heroic AAT raid, her insight can reliably keep her offense up and crit D up active. This boosts her already formidable offensive presence and allows her to consistently deal large amounts of damage in very quick successions. Can I just say that they talk constantly about her offensive presence? I was totally going to mention look, that, and she is a tank. You look in those GIFs, it's and, average. So I really well, hope that... We don't know how she's modded. Like She might not even be modded in that case. I'm just, I, there's something we don't know for them to be piping it up that much. Well, I mean, if you... Because 11K crit basic is not great. I mean, it's good. It's not great. It's not. It's that's average, true. I'd say. Um, I feel like we had the same discussion whenever CLS came out, and he ended up being really good. Um, I, I do think Ray's a little bit... I think this Ray's a lot like the other Ray. She's kind of dependent on buffs. If you get her buffs, she is just absolutely deadly, but otherwise... It's a little bit easier to contain her, perhaps. Well, I like them keeping that in line with the previous character because it shows progression for the character. Like, she's got newer abilities that do awesome things, but it's still kind of the same concept as the original. 100% agree. That was in the game. Yep. So I agree. It's pretty well done. Well, if you go on to the kit reveal on the official forums... At the bottom of it, it has all the Game Changers reveal videos of her kit for you to check out. A lot of good videos in there, so go check that out. If you get the time, I'm sure that they will go in-depth like we have on the kit. And uh, Crazy Excuses, Cubs Fan Han and Nukin were at EA this week, so they might even have even more to share in their videos if you check them out. Yeah. Those are some really good videos. I think I listened to four of them today. I didn't actually get a chance to watch them, but it was kind of nice to just kind of listen and kind of hear what the situation was. So highly recommend you guys checking all that out. It's really good stuff. Um, damn, I cannot wait for Ray. I'm excited. I am really hoping I get her unlocked, uh, you know, when that event goes active. But, you know, not certain that that'll happen, but we'll see. I'm not certain either. I'm going to try my best, though. I got about an hour and a half yep. till my double drops start, and we'll see. I like it. That, that really, literally, that will be a moment of truth. Depending on how many chewy shards I can get at midnight tonight, we'll decide whether I go full bore or not. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, everybody uh, stick around on our Discord and Twitch because we will be announcing, you know, some live streams coming up. I do believe next week our plan is we will be podcasting and doing the live stream on Friday. It may be a bit of a special episode um, because we are both going to see the movie Thursday. So oh, yeah. uh, I don't care if I get to bed at 4 a.m. I don't either. Who going gives to a see damn? it late? Um, I'm f I'm watching it night of 
so I do not get spoiled. Uh, I think part of our plan is we're going to do two separate episodes next week. One will be full spoiler, completely not Swagar related, and then we will have our regular podcast episode. Yeah, so I think the best way to do it will be Swagaga. No, that's the website. Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. Shadow Order Podcast, episode 76. We will do the episode, and then after that, so people can just tune out if they don't want spoilers, yep. we will bring in our special guests, whoever we feel will be fun to talk with about the movie and do an out-of-order podcast on the new movie, yeah. and we'll all just fanboy out, fangirl, depending on who we get, about the movie and uh, enjoy that. Yep, that will be super fun. I totally agree. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Oh, you want to know something funny? So, I... Why don't you get that... uh, Get the jazz music ready to go for the uh, trivia here in a second. But, side note, um, before The Force Awakens came out, I've got a new tradition in my house. Before The Force Awakens came out, I watched all of the Star Wars movies with my daughter. My daughter is eight now. No, my daughter's seven now. Turns eight in January. But we watched all the movies together before The Force Awakens to get her excited for it so that the day it came out, me and her went to see it. Totally loved it. She loves C-3PO. She loves R2-D2. She loves Chewbacca. Those are her favorite characters. Went and saw it. Rogue One came out. Same deal. Daddy-daughter date. We went and saw Rogue One together. Amazing. My daughter found out that me and my buddy Rich, also known as Elephant in the Room, <laughs> we're, go- we're going to see it the night it came out, just me and him. And my daughter got so upset with me <laughs> that I was going to see the new movie without her. I had to, like, stand there and promise her, like, okay, we're going to go see it. Do not worry. Me, we'll see the movie together. I know I'm not going to not want to see it again. Me and you will go. But she was so mad Aww. that she was not going with me to see it for the first time. That's sad. How It was almost heartbreaking. So terrible. I know. Uh, but the other part to that is my my children, my the three triplets, the three-year-olds, know that I like Star Wars so much. If they see anything that has Star Wars on it now, they will run up, grab me, and, like, point at it and say (laughs) Star Wars. Like, super excited. So I'm pretty sure I have four kids that are going to be huge Star Wars fans at this point. It's pretty impressive. That's parenting done right. Well done. (laughs) Um, Well, what do... uh, I was going to say, real quick... I know we didn't really plan to do this, but was there any other teams that you thought might be kind of interesting with uh, with Jedi Ray? Any team comps that kind of stuck out? I think the best team comp I can think of right now for her is her, Finn, uh, Poe, R2-D2, and BB-8. Yeah. That would be the one that I would probably use. I think that'll be a really good resistance team i th- i think in that comp i would probably drop finn and put in resistance trooper 
Um, just so if he gets called in, you know, he's exposing. I mean, hell, he could double expose, actually, on his basic. But, uh... I just like that, uh, Finn can cleanse everyone. He's got that move that stuns and exposes. But, don't forget that Ray has a cleanse, too. So, I mean, you will be able to use her to, uh... You know, oh yeah, for the assist attack in assist cleanse. So basically, basically my hair is at it. Hair is Ada. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, yeah. Um, I was trying to think about teams to do, and I am just—I've been racking my brain trying to come up with something interesting, and uh, I. I don't know who I would take out of this team because I, I like the Admiral Akbar lead that I'm still doing. Um, and that would be really fun with Hermit, Yoda, CLS, General Kenobi, and Ray. But you kind of need BB-8 in there too. And I don't know who I would drop for BB-8. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like there's something there maybe with all those characters. Maybe throw an R2 in somehow. Uh, I, I kind of think that that could be a really interesting arena team. Um, I, I just, I really like the, uh, the turn meter manipulation from her. It is just, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Really like it. All right. I agree. You ready? I'm always ready. Hit me with that sweet jazz. How's the level? Give me a little more. Give me a little more. You want? I want it you all. You want more? All right. I want more. Give me some more of that jazz. We getting there? Is that good? A little more. A little more. I'll give you as much jazz as you want. <laughs> all right, we're good. Okay. I'm loving it. God, I love this. Oh. I love this jam. All right, I think we're on episode four of season five. Is that correct? What do we do? usually do? Four or five? We usually do four. I think we are, you're right. Give me one second. I gotta find a pin. All right. The score is 10 to 12. Good night, Puck. Puck? Good night, Bumble is up by two over Wink. It is. All right, I got a pin. It is depressing. We're good to go. Because I know all of y'all are bigger Wink fans than Good Night Punk fans, and you're rooting for me, so... I will do my best to not let you down. I'm glad I put my headphones back on when you said that. (laughs) Because uh, I know what our next uh, podcast poll is. (laughs) 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 Who's your favorite host of the Shattered Order podcast? Nice. Uh, That kind of reminds me, there there was a Reddit debate on the uh, Reddit post for the Cantina Vizsla guys where... 
we somehow started talking about um, a Survivor or a Hunger Games type event between all of the podcasters. And uh, <laughs> this was on Reddit. Yes. <laughs> How did I miss this? I'll link you to it later. It was pretty entertaining, but yeah, I feel like we would win if it was podcast versus podcast. But I, I I'm biased. If we built a coconut gun, I'm a marksman. <laughs> I remember my navy days. Exactly. If we're stuck on an island, no one knows islands hey, better than this guy. That's what I do for a living is build stuff, and you're the military strategist. Like, who has a better oh, kit gold, than that? Man. Come on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> come on. We're like CLS, and I mean, we'd be like CLS. You call me Thrawn. Just say Thrawn. Okay. I'm a military All dude. right. Yeah, there we go. That's fine. <laughs> All right. All right. I got the... the Trivia is up on the board, along with your speakers muted, labeled right across your face, so every time you talk, it looks like you're censored. What? Why? Because <laughs> I can't get it to go away. Oh, my God. I don't know. I'm sorry, man. It doesn't cover your beautiful eyes, though. I'm trying to move it out of the way. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> just swat it. Swat it's it. It's not moving. All right, let's do let's this. Let's do this. I got a first question. All right. I'm going to write it on paper and hold it up to the screen, kind of like you do, so. First question. Here we go. Trivia. One point. Each correct answer, for each correct answer, Teshkarn, man with a mission. All right. Which two ships can apply buff immunity? I feel like I should know this. Stop asking ship questions. <laughs> Uh, buff immunity. Interesting. I think I know one. I'm. I'm not. Sh I'm not freaking sure. But. Uh, well, I have two. I have two ships written down. But uh, I don't know if they're right. I've got one ship written down, and... By the way, going into this last and final round, it is Goodnight Punk 12, Wink 10. I covered that already. Pfft, where was I? Getting a pen? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, I am going to go with... Trying to think of my last answer. I am going with uh, Poe... And Biston. All right, we agree. We both had the same answer for one of them. I wrote Kylo's shuttle and Biston's Ewing. Ooh. See, that's the one I was questionable about. I think Poe is actually one. So show us those answers. Well, here's the thing about it. I wrote down ships I knew nothing about. And Poe is one of them. So it could have been one that I written down. Nice. Imperial TIE Fighter, Gauntlet Starfighter. Imperial. The TIE Fighter inflicts buff immunity? Apparently it does. I feel like I should know that. You probably should. Huh. Because I haven't thrown it into my fleet yet. Gauntlet? That doesn't surprise me because I, I kind of I remember using him and that kind of rings a bell, but 
Huh. Not good. Gauntlet. Another ship I know nothing about, so it fits with my answers. That's true. It's a pretty good ship, too. Exactly. Imperial TIE Fighter. No. Where is it? This is one I'm going to look up after the show, because... Uh... I want. I gotta see it in a game to be fully convinced. I I use the <laughs> Tie Fighter like I've never noticed. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Trivia question two. One point for each correct answer. According to the character descriptions, there are two brutal attackers in the game. Who reads the character description? Who are they? Who are the two brutal attackers? We're not going to get this right. <laughs> no, no, we're not. We are definitely not going to get this one right. Brutal attackers. Oh, this is rough. Who's brutal? Um, well, I have two answers. I've got two answers as well. What are they? I wrote, and this, these two kind of just go together. I kind of figured that I would put them there. I put Maul and Savage Oppress. I put Tuscan Raider and Wampa. Oh, Wampa, good answer. They both kind of have brutal personality, so I figured it was fitting. Same with Maul and Savage, right? Yeah. They're only, only, two, only two of their uh, race in the game. They're both crazy yep. people and they're all of our answers are wrong it's darth sidious and general grievous yeah yeah i'm gonna disagree on grievous not brutal look at that skinny little character screen that guy's a, that guy's a brutal attacker come on uh, give me a break i guess he is in the raid that's yeah oh yeah his pve character is brutal Maybe That's not true. as playable That's one. That's true. All right, third question. Question three. The following is Sith Assassin's electrocutability. What is wrong with it or missing? Nah. Do you use this character? No, I don't. Neither do I, so uh, we're on even playing field. Deal physical damage to target enemy and inflict stun for one turn. If Sith Assassin is already, if Sith Assassin already had stealth. Deal 5% bonus damage for each living Sith ally and ignore the target's protection. This attack can't be evaded. Reread it one more time. Deal physical damage to target enemy and inflict stun for one turn. If Sith Assassin already had stealth, deal 5% bonus damage for each living Sith ally and ignore the target's protection. This attack can't be evaded. I don't know if there's anything wrong with it. Yeah, neither do I. All right, I got an answer. Um, what was the first it's a guess? What was the first part of that? One more time. There was something in there that deal physical damage ah, to target enemy mind, and it. inflict stun for one turn. Okay. All right, I got two answers. I am saying that there is no stun and that 
It is special damage, not physical. I actually put special D. Special D. <laughs> All right, I put the bonus damage percentage was off. That makes sense. That's probably the freaking answer. All right, here we go. Alright, the answer is, if Sith Assassin already had stealth, dispel all buffs from Sith Assassin, deal 5% for each effect dispelled, and this attack can be evaded. I almost wrote the evaded part. Huh, interesting. We're 0 for this week. Yeah, not a single correct Jeez. answer between us. Alright, question four. Order these droids from most likely to taunt during a battle to least likely to taunt. Assuming fully maxed abilities and a full droid squad under the control of the AI. General Grievous, BB-8, HK-47, K-2SO. We're ranking? Yes, by most likely to taunt during battle to least likely all right, to taunt. Repeat all the droids again. Uh, General Grievous, BB-8, HK-47, and, uh, K-2-S-O. Um. I think I know who's, uh, most likely. This is rough, man. I don't like this. Um, well, I think I have an answer. Um. Alright, I've got my answer. What do you... Alright. What do you have? I am showing, and I am putting in order, the most likely is BB-8, then K-2, then HK, then General Grievous. Why? Okay, explain that to me. I'm confused. Explain what? You're totally different than me. Your answer. What is there to explain? You said BB-8 was most likely to taunt. Why? He has an ability where if he's on an entire droid team, he gains taunt, if I remember correctly. Wow. Did not know that. All right. Well, that's going to throw all my answers off, if that's true. I put K2SO because of his uh, taunt on counter. Then I put BB-8 HK-47 because under a general grievous lead, if he drops under 50% health, either one of them could taunt at the same percentage. And then the lowest one I put was general grievous because there's no way for him to taunt. Okay. As far as I know. So it says point description and breakdown in description. We'll see what that means. All right, well. Two points for 100% correct answer. One point for getting at least 50% of the positions right. Ooh. And I will argue that I got 50% of the positions right. Damn. 
But it's BB-8, 100% chance will taunt on his first special. K2SO, 75% chance to taunt each time he attacks. HK-47, yes. GG may hand a taunt to an ally, but never to himself. HK has a slight chance. General Grievous has no chance. Nice. Did you get it all right? I did. All right. So my argument is, General Grievous has no chance, like I said. HK-47 has the chance from General Kenobi, which is the two bottom, which would be 50%. What? What? Say that again. My answer was K2SO, BB-8, and HK-47 have the same percentage because of General Grievous. And then I said General Grievous has a 0%. We'll take it before the council. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm just going to add to my score for now. Okay. And that would make it 13 to 12. Deadshot, let us know what you think. Last question of the season. According to the current meta report, who is the most represented character in number one ranked teams? Is this a trick? <laughs> Uh. I got my answer. Is it CLS? No. Neither's mine. What's your answer? Damn it. General Kenobi. I almost wrote that one. My answer is actually Thrawn. All right, so I have a chance. There is a chance. I was mainly just wanting to write a different answer than you. It is Kenobi. Yes! <laughs> this will carry on another week. Yes, yeah, so either... Pending? Either we're tied. Or I win. Either we're tied or you win. Ooh. This is intense. But I will fight until the day I die that we are tied because <laughs> I did have those two 50% in the right spot. Okay. So we might have to go to uh, episode five on this trip. That's exciting. We've only done that once before. This is intense. I know. Sudden death, Ooh. man. All right. Oh. Okay. All right. Well, we're at two hours and 20 minutes now, so we better uh, wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, we but, better. Uh, I we were real literally at an hour going into Ray and I'm like, wow, this podcast is going to be short. I thought the same thing. We knew better. <laughs> it was not. We should have known. Here's better. what's funny. We were a minute off from last episode to this episode at the time that we got to trivia. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. So uh, that's funny. Um, As always, you can find us at our beautiful easy to remember discord link discord.me slash shattered order uh, twitch.tv slash shattered order that is where you can go watch our live streams and we will be posting a lot more stuff here it is pretty awesome and that is obviously where we're doing our live streams so come hang out twitter.com slash shattered order great place to go check and see what's going on as well as communicate with a bunch of others 
and audibletrial.com slash shattered order. And don't forget to check the podcast notes for other links and uh, any gift cards you may need or anything of whatever. Exactly. Well, from all of us here at the Shattered Order podcast, me and Wink, (laughs) thank you for listening. We will catch you next week where we update you on uh, how we're doing on our ray farms. So we'll see what else happens in this next week. But uh, until then, enjoy your week and uh, enjoy The Last Jedi. Later. Thank you for listening to the Shattered Order podcast. Happy gaming, and may the Force be with you.